Father God, we're thankful and, and grateful that we can be here today. And, and worshiping you is, is, is part of how you created us. We all have different perspectives and, and different ways of expressing ourselves when it comes to worship. Yet, when you narrow it down to everything, Lord, you look for the heart. That's what you seek after. And our worship to you is, is how we love you. Our worship to you is how you created us. And sometimes we feel distant from you. Sometimes we're unsure of our relationship with you. But what worship does, Lord, is it, it kind of levels the ground so that you are exalted above everything else. Because worship really wouldn't be true worship if it becomes about us. So worship is all about you. That's why we put all of our attention to you. It's because of who you are that we can worship you. You're faithful. You're eternal. And in everything you do, in everything you are, it matches. It's perfect. You're perfect. Even as we, we give to you, it's a part of our worship. It's not because of what we did. It's because of what you've done and we're only giving back to you what you've already given to us. Again, worship is always about you. So as we pray over our tithes, our offerings, these are resources that you have already given to us. And we're showing gratitude. We're showing our worship and our love to you as we give just a portion of what you ask for. It belongs to you. So we pray your blessing over the giving, the givers, even for those who are learning, those who are just getting into this relationship with you, and even those who are still distant from you, that you would speak, that you would fill them afresh with your love, your joy, and that as we continue to learn about you and, and walking side by side with you in this journey of life with you, that we will remember that it is all about a relationship, not about a religion. So we thank you for this time we get to spend together. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together, amen. We get to say together. That, I love that. We get to say this together in the name of Jesus. For those of you who are online, there's a link that will help you in ways to give. For those of us, some of us still use this way to give. But we wanted to give you an opportunity to do so. Some of you still use the tithe boxes. I know Heidi and I do. We still write a check. It's one of those pieces of paper that you write on. And you put a, an amount on, and you drop it in there. But that's just how we do it. It's not how you're giving. It's that you are. And we're so thankful that we can still broadcast. We can still meet. We can still worship God together with all that we go through because he is still on the throne. So before you're seated, tell someone good evening. Uh, tell someone hi, and then you may be seated. And for those of you who are online, we greet you too. I know Christina was on earlier, so we want to give a couple shout-outs to you guys, too. Christina was on. Who else was on? I don't have my, my phone with me, but Christina was on. Um, I'm trying to remember names now. Uh, I think I think Shelly? I think that's her name. She lives on Kauai. Like, there are certain people that are, are so faithful. They've been online, and some of them come in early. So we just wanted to greet you guys. We, you are not forgotten. Can we just uh, applaud those who are online also that you're tuning in wherever you are? 
You might be cooking, you might be cleaning, you might be sitting down, you might be standing, you might be whatever you're doing, but we just wanted to let you know that we're still, we are still uh, one in heart with you. And some people even asked me this past week Sunday, they asked if we're open as a church. And I said, yeah, we've been open since Father's Day. They said, Father's Day? All this time you've been opening? Uh, you've been open? I said, yeah, we've been, we've been open. And so for those of you who are online, if you did not know that we're here in person, we've been here since June. And sometimes we don't catch that part, but that's okay. It's, it's all good. You can still uh, show up here. We still practice our, our protocols and uh, make sure we wear our masks indoors and then we, you know, hand sanitize and things like that. And we have that all over the church to hand sanitize. And then we, we have all our seats open so that you can safely distance yourself from people that uh, may not be in your own, like your own home or your bubble. And if that's a friend that you hang out with all the time, then there's no difference of you hanging out in here and hanging outside. So we're leaving it up to you guys to uh, make those decisions because we're the body of Christ so we can support one another. Uh, tonight, as we continue in talking about uh, what God is doing in our personal lives, we call it devoted to God. That whenever we devote ourselves to God and He speaks something, we want to share it with each other. And that's what it is to be the body of Christ. Tonight, Jonathan Miyasato is going to come and share about what it means to be walking with God. And in that way of walking with God, everybody's journey is going to look different. Everybody's journey is different. So we can't compare ourselves to one another. We just look at Jesus, follow Him, and walk side by side. So would you welcome up with me, Jonathan Miyasato, as he comes and shares. Thank you, my brother, for sharing the word tonight. We're looking forward to hearing what God has for all of us. That's the show to end. <laughs> Thank you. I can go bathe now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing, Jonathan. Uh, good evening, everyone. Um, you know, uh, I used to be one of the leaders up, at, uh, up here at this church, and uh, the junior high. And I would always, whenever I spoke and give a message, I would always start with a joke that hopefully relates to the message. So is it okay if I tell a joke maybe to start off? Okay. What did the macaroni say to the spaghetti when he was walking too slow? What's the matter you? Go pasta. Go pasta. <laughs> All right. All right. You know, so tonight, uh, there's a, this message is entitled, uh, Walking with God, and what it means to walk with God. Um, maybe you might beg the question, am I really walking with God at this point in my life? You know, I remember when I was in high school, <clears throat> I, uh, I was making some morally questionable decisions, and my dear mother scheduled a lunch with one of the pastors up here at church. His name was Pastor Noel, but it was actually like a counseling session. And <clears throat> nice, nice guy, his name was Pastor Noel Campbell, and he asked me, first question he asked me, Jonathan, how is your walk with God? And, you know, I couldn't answer him because I didn't know. I didn't know. You see, in high, in high school, 16, 17, 18 years old, I thought walking with God means you know, you have a Bible in your, in your room, um, you come to church every Sunday, and you put $5 in the offering. I thought that was walking with God. But as we develop in our life and our relationship with Christ, we find that walking with God is something so much more, so much more vibrant and so much more exciting and so much more powerful. So tonight, 
We're going to take a look at that. So let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, just thank you so much uh, that you are here with us tonight, that your Holy Spirit will be guiding every word that I say. I pray in Jesus' name uh, that you would just take control. Lord God, we make room for you, Lord Jesus, for whatever you want to do this evening in your precious, mighty, and holy name. Amen. Okay. So the earliest usage of the word walk in the Bible goes all the way back to Genesis, all the way back to the beginning. Uh, in Genesis chapter 3, it says this, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife, which is Adam and Eve, heard the Lord God walking in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid because I was afraid because I was naked. You see, way back at the very, very beginning, man and woman walked with God in perfect relationship, in, in complete unison, step by step, and they enjoyed that walk. God said, hey, where are you? Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Eve? You know, we're supposed to take our walk right now. But you see, the moment sin entered into the hearts of humans, then that relationship was broken. So God could not walk with Adam and Eve in the physical and in such a deep spiritual bond as they once did. But even back then, God had a plan because he loved you so much. And he said, no, I want to have that relationship where I can walk step by step with my son and my daughter and enjoy the creation of minds. So what he did was, he, of course, you know that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay for that debt of sin that we all carry. We all carry. Now, so the first step, the first step of walking with God may seem quite obvious, but it is, <clears throat> it is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I know it's fairly obvious, but this is the first step. Ephesians 1.7 says this, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. You know, we cannot walk with God by doing good things. We cannot. We cannot walk with God by being a really, really nice person. We cannot walk with God through any other world religion out there. We can only walk through God by the purchase of, of you know, our souls by the blood of Jesus. So that's the first step. That's the first step in walking with God. Some of you may be thinking, well, okay, Jonathan, sometimes I don't feel like I'm saved. I don't feel like I'm a Christian. My life is in a, a mess, a quagmire. Well, don't trust your feelings because the Bible tells us this. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you are saved. 
Okay, you are saved. Don't let the devil trick you or the world trick you into thinking that you're not. Because if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and he was raised from the dead, then yes, you are saved. You are saved. So you've taken that first step. Okay. The second step is knowledge of truth. The knowledge of truth. Okay, so for the knowledge of truth, our world is so complicated. There are so many different choices to make, and the enemy is so good with packaging and making facades and making you think that that is true when actually it's false. There's, there's so much choices to make, and you want to make the true choice. You know, um, I, I work as a case manager, and I have an elderly client. And, um, you know, she needed a phone, so I, I went and got her a phone. You know those cheap uh, Go phones from uh, Walmart, the flip phone? I, I wanted to get the flip phone because it was simple for her to operate. Um, maybe you can show the picture of the phone. Up there. Yeah, just a simple cricket phone, okay? So... You know, I insert the card, the SIM card. You know, I do the whole startup thing. I try and get it set. I program her numbers in. And then, you know, I notice that the inside display of the flip phone, the inside display was different from the outside display. The inside display was like, you know, 8 o'clock, but the outside kept reading 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. And it was like, I spent over an hour trying to figure this out because I wanted to make sure that this, this woman got a good phone. Finally, I decided, okay, I can't figure this out. So I went down to Cricket at the Puanacos Town Center, and I, I saw one of the technicians there, and I, I explained to them my problem. And this woman just looked at me and, and just started to kind of laugh at me. And, and I said, why, why? So maybe if you can show the next slide. She said, you just got to peel off the sticker on the front. <laughs> so you just got to peel off the sticker. And I, I could not do anything, but I just, I just laughed. I, I, wa I walked out of there with my tail between my legs because I was so embarrassed. You see, what I thought was true turned out just to be a facade. You know, it was, it was just a facade. So isn't that sometimes when we navigate in our life and we walk in our life. We need, we need to know what is true and what is false. We need to know. And there is only one way we can know the truth. And that truth is, is, is this, God's word, the Bible. The more time you spend digesting this from here and through your eyes, into your brain, into your heart, the more you will know what the truth is. John 14, 6 says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come through the Father except through me. Paul says it like this. Okay, Paul says, I love the way Paul puts it. Yes, everything is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Paul is saying this, I don't care what happens to me in this world. I don't care if they burn me at the stake. I don't care if I'm dirt poor and I have to suffer in physical infirmity for the rest of my life. 
I get to know Jesus. And by knowing Jesus, you will know the truth. Okay? You will know. Other than that, because, you know, if, if you don't know the truth, then you will be fooled into going directions in your walk that you shouldn't be going. Now, a lot of things are obvious, you know, in like the Ten Commandments, don't murder, don't steal, all those things. But then sometimes the choices in life are, are rather ambiguous. Like, should I move to this state? Should I, should I ask this person to marry me, you know? Should I take this job? That is when you really need to know the truth. That's, that's when it counts, is when you need to know the truth so you can make those decisions. Now, you know, if you were to walk from Hilo to Kona, that's a long way. Yeah? Let's say you walk from Hilo, go Saddle Road, all the way to Kona. Now, if you were to walk that whole distance, it would take you, you know, months or so. You're bound to trip over something. You're bound to step in a pothole and stumble and fall. You're just bound to. Because it's a long walk. It's a long walk. But you just stand up. You pick yourself up. You reorient yourself to the cross of Jesus Christ. And you just keep going. Okay? You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to make all the right decisions. You won't make all the right choices. But if you fall, you stand up and you reorient yourself to true north, which is Jesus Christ. That's the main thing. You see, to know the truth is to know Jesus, is to know him. You know, I see some of you guys walking around Iliokalani Park, and you guys get your walking partners, yeah? Let me ask you this. Do you guys walk around the park and just walk in complete utter silence? No. I mean, especially you Wahinis. I see you guys just talking away out there, okay? But when you walk with someone day after day, year after year, okay, you get to know the person, right? You get to know the person's goals, aspirations, fears. You know, you get to know the person's situations. This is what it means to walk with God, is to know him. And it is a fantastic thing to do. But please, don't, you guys out there who walk, don't speed walk because I tell you, when I see speed walkers, I just die laugh because they look funny. It's like, but walking is good. Don't speed walk. You're going to dislocate your hip. Okay, but let me just digress for, for one, one moment. Now, to know the truth, knowledge of the truth, okay, we got to also hear God and obey what he's telling us to do. But hearing is very important. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes by hearing, that is, hearing the good news of Christ. Kind of reminds me of this story. There was an older gentleman. He was like in his 80s, okay? And he was walking, you know, hand in hand in the park with this younger, very considerably younger and attractive woman. And his doctor spots him. The following week at the appointment, the doctor says, hey, man, you look really, really good. The guy says, yes, doc, you know, I just followed your instructions. The doctor said, what instructions? The old man says, well, at our last appointment, 
you said to get yourself a hot mama and be cheerful. So the doctor says, no, 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 you got to hear and listen to me better. I didn't say get a hot mama and be cheerful. I said you have a heart murmur and be careful. <laughs> so you got you to gotta hear. You got to hear. You got to listen. You got to, poor guy, lucky guy. <laughs> um, but sometimes don't we do the same thing, you know? You know, a lot of people uh, will say, and, and myself included, I feel like I can't hear God anymore. I feel like I can't hear God anymore. Well, how much time have, have I been putting in, in, in this book, you know? Some people say, I just wish God would speak audibly to me. Yeah, we all wish that. But I, to, to that, I say, if you want to hear God speak audibly to you, open up this book and read out loud. Because everything that God wants to tell you in your life, every, every instruction about how to live the holy and blessed life, every step of your life, every choice you make, he has spoken here in this book. The third point is this. God, the third step. One, two, third step. God has to lead the walk. He's got to lead, okay? And it cannot be you. It cannot be me, okay? I have a dog that I love. His name is Max. He's a great dog. Um, but I must admit that he is not the sharpest knife in the cupboard. So for years, I've been trying to teach him how to walk next to me, you know, obediently. And when I see people walk their dogs that are well-trained, you, you notice the dog will never step before the master. If the master stops, the dog will stop. If the master goes left, the dog will follow. But the dog will never try and lead the master. This is a picture of me walking my dog the other day. Yeah, this is a picture of me walking Max. And sometimes, aren't we like Max? Don't we get distracted with the allure of temptations, with the things in life that we want? So we veer off the path, we break stride with Christ, and we go that way, you know? It could, be, it could be fame, it could be money, it could be, you know, whatever it is that you really want to do. Or in, in Max's case, it was the mailbox that he wanted to pee on. But anyway, you just, we as people tend to do that. But no, God has to lead. God needs to lead this walk. In, um, in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all ways. And here's the key word, submit. Submit to him and he will make your path straight. The Christian walk, brothers and sisters, is not doing what you want to do and, and hoping the, for the best in your life here on earth. The Christian walk is submitting to God. Allowing him to take the lead in your life and following him. That's what the Christian walk is. In John 10, 14, Jesus says, 
that I am, a, I am the good shepherd. I know, I know my own sheep, and they know me. You know, God is referring to us as sheep. Jesus is the shepherd, okay? What does a shepherd do? They watch out for the sheep. They protect the sheep. They provide. They feed. They water, okay? But the shepherd is the leader, and the sheep they need to follow. Why is it that God did not refer to us as people, as birds or cats or gorillas, whatever, okay? Why did he choose sheep so much? Because, no offense to any animal lovers or sheep farmers here, but sheep are dumb. They are very dumb, okay? And they need a leader. Sheep needs leadership. We may think we don't need it, but we do. We need Christ to lead us. So he needs to take the lead. Well, some of you might be thinking right now, oh boy, you know, I've relinquished leadership to Jesus Christ long ago. Uh, if I were to be honest with you, I haven't walked with him. In fact, I have gone so off my walk with Christ that I cannot even see the path anymore, you know. To you people who feel that way, if you feel that, man, I, I, I am so beyond redemption, don't believe that. Again, revert back to the knowledge of truth. And what is the knowledge of truth in a situation of a backslider or someone who's wandered off the path? Is that his grace is sufficient for you. Okay? God gives greater grace. In other words, no matter how far we walk off from where God is, his grace is even greater than that. And repentance will bring you right back into stride with Christ. I mean, you take a look at people like Jonah, okay? Jonah, he walked with God. He was a prophet until one day he didn't. And he went the opposite direction. But Jonah repented, was refreshed, you know, he was restored. And as a result, God used him to save the city of Nineveh. You look at David. David was a shepherd. He was a king. But, and he walked with God. He was, he was the man after God's own heart. But yet, at some point, he decided to wander off the path and go his own way. You know, he committed adultery and murder to cover it up. But he repented, and he was restored. So I don't care how far gone you may feel you may, you are right now on your walk with Christ. I don't care how deep into things you may be, okay? You are not, all you are is just a, a knee bend away. A raising your hands up to Christ and say, Lord, you know my heart. Forgive me. I repent. Help me to turn back towards you. And boom, you are there, okay? His grace is sufficient for you. And Jesus came to seek those who are lost. That's what he came for. So if you're lost right now, guess what? He's coming after you. He's coming after you. That's a good thing. Okay? Then there might be some of you here tonight who might be thinking, might know that, hey, I have walked with Christ for many years. I've been in the word. I have knowledge of the truth. You know, I, I, my heart is set on following my leader. 
Jesus Christ, and yet you find yourself in the deepest, darkest valley of your life. You've been walking with God. You're doing everything that you're supposed to do, but a job is lost. You may have lost a loved one, you know, it's the deepest, darkest valley that you've ever experienced in your life, but yet you've been walking with God. To you people, all I can say is that I have nothing and no one can say anything to ease that pain that you are going through. But God says this. Again, reverting back to the knowledge of truth. In Psalms 23, 4, it says this. Even though you walk through the darkest valley, I will not be, be afraid, for you are close besides me. Your rod and staff protect and comfort me. Isaiah says it, says it in this way, in 42.2. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For those people out there who are walking the walk with Jesus, but tragedy and adversity has put you in the deepest and darkest valley of your life. Know this, you are not alone. Keep walking. His rod and staff, they comfort you. He will not let the waters overwhelm you. You will not be burned by the fires of adversity. That's a promise. Okay, so the fourth point. One, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Two, the knowledge of truth. Three, let God lead. And four, enjoy your walk with God. Enjoy your walk with God. You know, being a Christian, a lot of people in the world think, ah, they're kind of dull and, and boring people. <laughs> they're kind of, they're just not funny. Well, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm proof against that, right? I'm funny, right, Pastor Ben? I tell good jokes. Okay. So anyway, when, when, we, walk with your, when we walk with the Lord, it is to be enjoyed. Now, joy is a spiritual and it's a heavy thing that is written in the Bible, okay? It comes from heaven, I believe. Happiness comes from here, okay? Happiness is, oh, I want a million dollars, I'm happy. Or happiness is, oh, I got a brand new car, I'm happy. Or happiness is, oh, I met this one person and oh, they're making me all lovesick and I'm all happy. Okay, those things don't last forever. They don't, okay? Joy is the undercurrent of life that remains the same. If you look on the surface of a water, the waves could be crashing or it could be a calm day, but underneath, there's the joy that sustains us. Our walk with God should be enjoyed to the max. What does the word say? The, Lord, the joy of the Lord is my what? Strength, strength. That's where your power comes from. That's where the mana is, is, is the joy of the Lord. Though the sorrows may last through the night, his joy comes in the morning. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and restore to me the joy of your salvation. It's all about joy. Jamie, if you could please come to the keyboards. You know, 
to end this service, I'd just like to share uh, about a, a man who was my mentor, mentor, and he was just a giant in my faith. His name was Pastor Sam Shim. Uh, he was one of the founding people of this church here that we all sit in. He was one of those, the founding pastors. And, um, you know, back in between 2013, 2016, I had walked that path of my own. I did my own thing. I, I relinquished leadership of Christ. And I fell into the addictions and the depressions and the, all the bad things. I lost it all. But this guy, Sam Shim, Pastor Sam Shim, he took time out to call me and to invite me to his house. So every week, once a week, I'd spend a few hours with him. And something to let you know about Pastor Sam, for the last 30 years of his life, he suffered from Parkinson's disease. So it was difficult for him to walk, to talk, to swallow, but yet, he would call me once a week just to check on me, on me. Now, God did a miracle in my life in 2016, and I repented and I reoriented myself to the cross of Jesus Christ. God refreshed, restored, and he healed me, and I was better. So I was meeting with him still, Pastor Sam, still every week. And I was on fire again. I had restored my relationship. I was now walking in unison and in sync, step by step with Christ. And I asked Pastor Sam one question, just, just one question. And this is right before he had passed away from his disease. I asked him, you know, Pastor Sam, what is the most, the greatest, most enjoyable thing, you know, about your life as a Christian. And here I'm thinking, you know, he's going to say, oh, pastoring, you know, teaching the word, counseling, maybe planting a church. All those things I, was, I thought he was going to answer. But his answer was this. And it took him a while to utter the words because of his disease. But he said this. The most enjoyable thing about my Christian walk is walking in obedience to Christ. That's the best. All those other things are great things, but it pales in comparison to the enjoyable relationship we have when we walk step by step, Jesus Christ taking the lead. So let us, let us bow our heads and as we close in prayer. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God, you are great and mighty, awesome and wonderful. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, that you created us with a heart so full of love and compassion that we get to come into your presence every day, that we get to walk step by step and enjoy our lifelong, eternal walk with you. Lord God, the first step is to accept you as, as, as Lord and Savior. So if there is anybody out there or here who has never taken that first step, might I invite you right now to accept him into your heart. All you need to do is confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ, you are my Lord. 
believe you died and rose again. And you are my Lord and I love you. Right there, if you said that prayer, you are saved. The Holy Spirit is now in you and you have taken your first step in your walk, your lifelong eternal walk with Jesus. So Lord, we thank you. We pray all that the people out there who have been walking with Christ and are going through the deepest, darkest valleys, we pray in Jesus' name that you would comfort them, that you would know that you are right beside them as they walk through this life. And for those of you out there, or those of us out there who have wandered from that step-by-step unison with Christ and have gone our own way, we pray in Jesus' name that you would fall on your knees, lift up your hands, and cry out to Jesus and reorient yourself back to Jesus Christ, the true north in our lives. So we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.